Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to this series here at Lake Point Church. We're excited that you are a part of this and glad you can join us. We have been on a journey in this series called Six Days. And just like we've been on this journey, which, which actually began before all of this coronavirus hit, it's amazing to see how this journey of this series uh, uh, correlates with what we're going through as, a, as a, a society and even as a world. And it's also interesting uh, that our journey here that we're on, it's also reminiscent and it's an example of how someone comes to Christ as Savior and uh, how, how they walk with Christ. You know, on the last Sunday of Jesus' life before he laid down his life on the cross, he walked into uh, Jerusalem as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to show his royalty. And the people there, they made a way, they cleared a path, they removed all obstructions uh, from his path. And uh, Jesus, uh, he was able to come into the city, and uh, just like that path that people made, you and I, we must make a path. We must clear away all, uh, all things that block Jesus coming in. You know, Jesus is the way maker, but he's not going to storm into our hearts. He's not going to storm into our life. He's going to gently knock on the door of our hearts, but it's up to us to open up that door, clear that path, and say, Jesus, uh, come in and, and be uh, the King of kings and King of my heart. On his last Monday, we see Jesus going into the city and doing something a little bit different. He was, um, he was really disturbed by what he saw in the the temple. And uh, because this temple is a house of prayer, uh, he saw something other than prayer. He saw people being greedy and money changers uh, there in, in this week of Passover. And so Jesus did something that was very bold. He chased out the money changers and he said, my house is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. And he literally purified the temple. Well, when we accept Christ as Savior, the Bible says that our bodies, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus enters in and we make a path for him, he is the one who cleans us out. He purifies us from all unrighteousness. And then on his last Tuesday of his life, before laying down his life, Jesus again goes into Jerusalem, and his authority is questioned, especially what happened on the previous day, driving out some of the money changers and a sort of upsetting the, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. Because, you know, they're the ones who had all authority by God to be the teachers. And here was this rabbi, this teacher, teaching um, something new and something fresh and ushering in a new covenant. Well, they questioned his authority. And of course, he answered their authority through, through uh, uh, parables. And so, just like he set up his authority there on his last Tuesday of his life, Jesus wants to set up the authority in our life. And just like uh, there was a clash between the Pharisees' authority and the authority of Jesus, the Son of God, we often will have a clash with our authority and the authority of Jesus. Even after we accept Christ as Savior, after we make that path and allow Him to, uh, to clean, up, uh, clean up our lives and clean our temple, sometimes, actually quite often, we, we, ha we fight with him and we say, you know, I think this is right. And the Holy Spirit will say, you know what? That is not the right way. And so because of that, there's a clash often between our authority and the authority of Jesus. So when we accept him and he purifies us, it's important that we set him up to have 
complete authority of our lives and to be Lord and Savior. Well, on his last Wednesday of his life, he does something totally different. He doesn't go into the city. What he does is he hangs out almost in isolation uh, with uh, some of his closest friends, his disciples and other friends. And in this, uh, in this moment, we have this incredible worship uh, of, of this woman who pours a very expensive perfume on Jesus uh, as, as an anointing uh, before, his, uh, before his death on the cross. And um, what he tells us and what he is showing us is this, you know, we have got to get to a point to where we have a moment of serenity, to where we have a moment of, of peace and, and quiet. And in that moment when, when we have that, we can allow the Holy Spirit to pour the anointing, uh, just like that lady poured it on Jesus, uh, have that anointing of the Holy Spirit uh, poured on us. And the, way, the, the place that we get that is when we are one-on-one -on -one sitting with Jesus, when we are still before the Lord. And so just in this time, I encourage you to be still and know that He is God, to be still and to allow His anointing to pour over you. So accepting Christ as Savior is, is the most important decision you and I will ever make. But the most important daily decision we will make is to sit at His feet and to be still and, and allow His anointing to cover us and to speak to us and to be still and know that He is God. And so on his last Thursday, we see Jesus again, sort of just with his closest. In fact, he narrows it down just to his disciples in what is called the Last Supper. And in this Last Supper, we see him break bread and obviously uh, usher in the, uh, the Lord's Supper, the elements, and something that we observe as a church uh, by, uh, by observing his um, and remembering his death and sacrifice on the cross uh, as we break bread and, and we drink the cup representing his body and his blood uh, that was shed for us. And so Jesus is with his disciples and he is, he's with his closest friends and he's, he's instructing us. We talked about this last week. He's instructing his disciples uh, and he's giving them uh, words of encouragement and instruction, and I, I can imagine there's probably some laughter there at the table as well. And it's very, very uh, similar to how a family comes together. You know, over the past few weeks, we have seen a lot of family time. I don't know about you, but in the Bennett family, we have broken bread many times. And, uh, and everybody kind of has their own job, and everybody helps with uh, they take turns with either helping cook the meal and uh, set the table and clean up afterwards. But one of the things that we've enjoyed, and, and we do this quite often because of the size of our family, we have six kids and, and it's a little bit crazy, but we enjoy those moments where we can laugh together, uh, we can encourage one another, we can tell stories, but also it's a time of instruction. And it, just like a family, your immediate family, you and I need a spiritual family. You know, the disciples, that was Jesus' spiritual family. 
He poured into his spiritual family the last meal on this life. And so when, when uh, you and I accept Christ, we make a way for him to come in. He cleans us of all of our unrighteousness. We set, we set him up as the authority figure in our life. And, and we spend time in, in quietness and, and serenity, and we're able to uh, learn from him. And the anointing comes over us, and we uh, learn from God. We can also grow by a family, a, a spiritual family. And that spiritual family is your church. And let me encourage you something. If you don't have a church to go to, there are many, many churches that you could be a part of. But it's so important. In order for you to grow, you're going to need to be a part of a church family. A church family is, is different than you just sitting by yourself um, uh, learning from the Lord. You need that, but you also need a church family. You're not able to walk in victory without a church to pray for you when you hit the dirt or instruct to you through God's holy word or to love you when life brings the hurt. And so we all need this church family. You need a church family. And don't think that, that uh, you need to be perfect because there are no perfect people, and don't think you need to have your life together, because I could tell you there's a lot of people in, in our church and in, in our churches all across the world who are filled with broken people who are messed up, but they know they need a Savior, and they're striving to be like Him. So there's a seat at the table for you in the family of God. And so we move to the final day of Jesus, his final Friday. We often call this Good Friday because of the sacrifice that he uh, made on the cross. But in this, in this Good Friday, in this uh, last Friday, it's, just, it's uh, described as, as agony. And through this agony, uh, we see what Jesus is going through. You know, after the meal, Jesus goes to the garden and he prays, and it's there that he is arrested and he's betrayed by Judas, and um, and he is arrested and brought before uh, the uh, Sanhedrin and 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 the uh, Pharisees and the teachers of the law and Pontius Pilate and also uh, King Herod, and and he he faces many trials uh, that are very very quick, but but does last several hours. And through this, he is finally, um, finally brought over to be crucified. Pontius Pilate tries to appease the Jewish leaders by, by having him scourged and having him beaten, but that wasn't enough. They wanted him crucified, so they, he, he uh, sent them over, sent Jesus over to be crucified, and it's there that Jesus faces uh, the most torture that anyone can face. And so through this, we see what Jesus is facing, but I want to I wanna bring this, uh, this scene of Jesus on the cross and what he goes through to our life as well. And so uh, through, this, uh, through this, uh, uh, this last Friday, we see four things that Jesus goes through. Number one, Jesus is rejected. Have you ever felt reject, rejection? Maybe you've been rejected by a, a family member or a friend or maybe a job. Some of you felt rejection because you may have lost your job during this crisis. And so just like Jesus felt rejection 
And just like you feel rejection, there, there is a way that you can, uh, can relate to Jesus. And so Jesus felt rejection uh, by his disciples. When he was arrested, his disciples fled. They, they, they were fearful for their lives. We also see the rejection of, of Peter, one of his disciples. Uh, Peter uh, tried to follow close behind and, and was listening uh, at a distance to some of the trials that were going on. But there were also some people around there who, who were listening and who, uh, who were around the temple, and they recognized Peter, and they called him out and said, aren't you one of them? And he denied, and, and he denied again, and he denied even a third time. In fact, we see this third time in, uh, in Mark chapter 14, verse 71. It says, he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. So Jesus uh, uh, and the Bible says Jesus even heard Peter say that. Uh, I, I can imagine he's, he's yelling a little bit more at, at this third denial. And even the Bible says he, he's even saying uh, curse words. And so Jesus feels this rejection after calling Peter and, and after uh, investing in Peter, even just the night before. And so Jesus felt that rejection. Not only did he feel rejection, but, but Jesus felt pain. Jesus felt pain. You know, right now we have a lot of people all around us that are feeling pain. We have people right here in our, in our community and around the world who are, are, are feeling pain from this coronavirus, and, um, and not just from the coronavirus, but from losing loved ones. And through that, we, have, um, we do have that pain, but Jesus, Jesus can relate with you. You can relate with Jesus. And you can, you can better accept him knowing that he went through some pain. And we see uh, some of that pain in, um, in Mark chapter 14, verse 65. We see this, then some began to spit at him, then blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. We see uh, more of the same in Mark chapter 15, verse 17 through 19. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with the staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. You know, Jesus felt the pain of, of them hitting him. They felt the pain of, of the nails going through his hands and his feet. And yes, he even felt the pain of breathing because as he is crucified and hanging on the cross, uh, the thing that you have to, that anyone who is crucified uh, has to go through besides the pain is just the ability to breathe. And, and you have to lift up on the na those nails in order to catch a breath. Jesus knows what it feels like to struggle to breathe. There are people right now struggling to breathe through this coronavirus because uh, they, have, uh, they have acquired it. And so Jesus knows what you are going through. Jesus is someone that you can relate with. And so not only does he uh, experience rejection and pain, but he experiences isolation. Gosh, we are, are, are all in some sort of isolation. Some are more isolated than others as they're fighting for their lives in a, in a hospital room and, and their families can't even uh, go to them. 
And so we, we kind of are, are feeling this isolation. And Jesus felt that on a greater level because Jesus was isolated there on the cross by everyone, including his own Father. And we see this in Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 34. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at that, and at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Elohi, Elohi, Lema Sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine being forsaken by your father? And so Jesus knows what it feels like to be isolated, to be left alone. So not only did Jesus feel rejection or pain or isolation, but obviously, and lastly, Jesus experienced death. He experienced death there on the cross. We know that uh, even in our community, uh, we, we've had people uh, pass away from this. We have people in our church who have, who have uh, neighbors and, and loved ones who have passed away from this coronavirus. And so Jesus experienced death and experienced death for us. We see this in Mark chapter 15, verse 37 through 39. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, the soldier who stood there in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Jesus, on his final Friday, went through all of that. And why? So that you can relate with him. And in this moment, what we're going through and what we're fighting with, we can look at Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, for being someone who has gone through that. And, and, and as we're going to celebrate next week, he, he's lived through that victoriously and come out as a champion for us and for our sin. And so as I close this out, I want to make sure you understand this, that when you and I make a way for Him, the way maker to come into our life and we, re we remove anything that is blocking uh, us from, from receiving, whether that be pride or, or a, a, maybe some families or friends who might be criticizing us. When we remove that and make, that, make a way for Him and He comes into our, our temple and purifies us and then we set Him up as Lord and as complete authority, then you and I can, can walk in victory more as we are still before Him and He in that serenity and as He purifies us and anoints us with His presence. But we can also grow, it's important to also grow in family, to have that spiritual family, that church family, to pray with us and grow along with us. And lastly, we can associate with His agony, with His agony, because you and I, when we accept and we go through all that, we are crucified with Christ. As it says in Galatians 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, Jesus chose our death so we could have his life. Jesus chose our death so that we can have his life. He died for us. 
And so to continue in this journey, the way to live a, a Christian life is we've got, to, we've got to understand that we are crucified with him. And what that means is that we take our cross daily and we follow him. As it says this in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38, as Jesus said this earlier in this book and way before he, he surrendered his life, he says this, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their own soul? And so for you and I to live that Christian life, we are to take up our cross daily and follow Him. And some of you watching today, you may be wondering, well, Frank, I've never really done that. Why would Jesus die for me? I, I'm a horrible person. I've done lots of th b bad things. Let me tell you something. You're in the right place. You are in the perfect place. Because while you are a sinner, Christ died for you. As it says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were all sinners, Christ died for us. So while you are still a sinner, Christ died for you. He loves you. He made a way for you. He's ready to purify you. He's ready to be helping to be your authority, which means you can actually walk in his authority. And then he's ready to, to sit with you in, in, in serenity. And he's ready to uh, not only to speak to you, but to grow you through the family of God. And then he's also ready to show you how to take up your cross daily and follow him. So my encouragement to you, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you given your life to him? Now, all it takes is a simple prayer. So if that is you, I, wanna, I want you to pray this simple prayer. And just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me my sin. Please be Lord of my life. Please help me to follow you. I believe in you, Lord Jesus. And I ask you to save me from my sins and help me to live for you in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. And if you have prayed that prayer, I want you to email me. I want you to email me just simply pastor at lakepointonline.com. And I would love for you to tell, tell me that. And, uh, and if you prayed that prayer, then it's important for us to be able to, to show you how to walk in that life. And, um, and just like Jesus showed us in his last and final days on this, on this earth, he showed us a way to salvation, and he showed us a way to walk with him in victory. Love you, and I hope to see you next week online for Easter Sunday. God bless.